welcome or welcome back to another episode of the For the Healthy Host podcast, where we talk about conscious living, self-awareness, and everything in between. I'm your host, Ree. Thank you so much for joining me and allowing me to be a part of your journey. (sighs) If you're listening right now, just take a deep breath. Take a deep breath and I promise you it will relieve so much of the unnecessary worry, chatter, and, you know, low vibrational feelings that you may be feeling right now. Just take a deep breath. So today we are going to be talking about something that I feel is long overdue. You know, whenever I do the intro, I say we talk about self-awareness, conscious living. So without further ado, we're finally talking about self-awareness. And I don't know, I guess that I never really talked about this because I just felt like self-awareness is or not or was maybe this is maybe this is how I felt unconsciously. I felt like self-awareness was kind of self-explanatory. But I think we all know the word. Most of us know the word. We heard of the word, but I think it's important to sit down and really talk about what that means and how to cultivate self-awareness. Just a quick little definition that I came up with. Um, to me, self-awareness is to be aware of self, aware of your thoughts, your values, your emotions. You know, like, just be aware of yourself, mind, body, soul. And if you think back to the emotional intelligence episode, I kind of dived in I would say sort of deep when it comes to like self-awareness and what it really means. So if you want to, you can go back and reference it in that episode. But yeah, for me, self-awareness is just to be aware of yourself, aware of the way you speak to people, aware of the way you move in the world and aware of your energy, aware of your triggers, like self-aware. And I think it's so funny because I am reading Think Like a Monk right now by Jay Shetty. And he said that a lot of people think that they are more self-aware than they actually are. And I completely agree with that. It reminds me of the saying, um, you are as healthy as you think you are. So I feel like you could really use that same quote, that same sentiment when it comes to self-awareness. And I like to think about self-awareness in the same way I think about my healing journey because self-awareness is a part of the healing journey. Just like you'll never be done healing, like healing is literally a lifelong process. Like we are never going to be fully healed. And that's the beauty of it. Like I think sometimes, especially like there was a period Uh, Maybe three years ago where I was like really, maybe not even three years ago, y'all, like two years ago, like I was really deep into reading self-help books and I kind of just got burnt out, although that's obviously not the only way you can heal, but it was one of my main sources of healing and I kind of got burnt out and I almost felt like, well, damn, am I done healing? And it's like, no, baby girl, like when you just by living life and experiencing things in a different way that you may have experienced them before you were, before your healed self, before you started this journey, that's healing. You know what I mean? Like healing has so many layers. Just as healing is an 
ongoing, lifelong process, I believe that self-awareness is the same. Every day I'm learning new things about myself. Every day I'm uncovering layers about myself. It's an ongoing process, baby. Don't ever, don't get it twisted. And kind of going back a little bit to kind of briefly touch on why it's even important to be self-aware. Obviously, there's the beauty of knowing and understanding the truest version of you, right? That's, to me, the most obvious thing when it comes to being self-aware. But furthermore, you get to kind of understand your purpose here. Like, why am I here on earth? Why am I here in physical form and experiencing this physical experience? I said experience so many times, but whatever. <laughs> but why am I here? You know what I'm saying? And you also get, like I kind of said before, a greater sense of well-being. You know who you are. And to add to that, when you are able to understand yourself and understand your purpose and the reason you are put here in physical form, you can authentically serve the world, serve your community, serve society, because that's what we're here to do. We're here to serve. And the more I know myself, the better I understand who I am, I can better serve. So we can't talk about self-awareness without talking about distractions. Distractions are all around us. And literally, from the moment we can, I guess, really remember, I guess, really from the moment we've been born, distractions have been a part of our life, whether it be our mom, our dad, our friends, school, the media, as a species, are so distracted. It's almost human nature. Like, you know what I'm saying? And that's why embarking on a healing journey is so important because we've been distracted since the day we opened our eyes and cried and, you know, entered this world. You know, as I said earlier, I am reading Think Like a Monk by Jay Shetty. I'm really not that far into it yet, but it is really good so far. And it is, I think, maybe just the second self-help book I've read this year. I read Atomic Habits earlier this year, and th which was really, really good. Um, but yeah, now I'm reading Think Like a Monk. I've really been on my fiction wave, and I think that's important, too. Like, I'm going to tap into that uh, a little later in the episode. But yeah, my point being, I wanted to share a quote with y'all that resonated with me and is in alignment with what I'm about to tell y'all. So the quote is, when we tune out the opinions, expectations, and obligations of the world around us, we begin to hear ourselves. From the moment we were, like I said, really, really young, we have our parents, the media, just the world in general telling us what's good, what's bad, what we shouldn't do, what we should do, how our bodies should look, what we should do with our bodies, you know what I'm saying, what we should go to school for, what success looks like, what you, you know what I'm saying, like all of these things, and it really makes you wonder what values are really mine, like which of these goals, values, um, and ideas are mine. This really reminds me of a pivotal moment in my life which you may or may not have heard me talk about before, but my mom wanted me to go to college to be a nurse. I go to college, take a few nursing co courses, and 
off back, I decided like, this is, this does not make me happy. This does not bring me joy. I was 18 years old and I was able to make that distinction. So I end up telling her mom, this isn't working for me. I don't really like it. And you have to look at it from the perspective that if I don't like something, I'm not going to do well at it. Period. Like a lot of times we think we are bad at something or are we wondering why we're failing something it could be school related or life related or anything but a lot of times it's just like we don't like it (laughs) we don't like it so we're not going to do good at it you're that that's why you're not doing good at it that's not why you're doing well at that particular thing um but yeah that was a pivotal moment one of the first moments I really kind of stood up for myself and yeah it was just a really defining moment for me like I didn't even know what a healing journey was then but I really feel like that was the start of a little bitty baby start of my healing journey unconsciously if you think about it yeah it's really important to filter out the noise and kind of think about what you actually value what do you actually believe um uh activity that's in the book that I'm reading right now he literally says to write out your core values And beside those, kind of write where the source of this value or belief stem from. Now, if you would have asked me this, if I would have did this activity six years ago, most of the beliefs on them would have not been mine. I've grown some. So now a lot of the beliefs are mine, but some of them still aren't. You know what I'm saying? So I think it's important to first identify what you believe, why you believe it what the source is even from, like where it came from, then start to kind of filter out the noise, whether it be your mom, the media, school, or a combination of all of those things. Filter out that noise and start to kind of form what your own beliefs are, what your own values are. And once you do that, make sure that your everyday actions and habits are aligning with those values and goals and beliefs. So I read a book about maybe three or four years ago called The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle. I know y'all haven't really heard me mention this book a lot, but it literally is one of the best books I've ever read when it comes to, you know, my healing journey and just getting to know myself on a deeper level. But I couldn't help but think about a concept from this book when I was taking my notes for this episode on self-awareness. There is a concept that Eckhart Tolle talks about often, which is called watching the thinker. All this really means is having the ability to observe your mind and your thoughts as a separate entity than yourself. I think that when we often think about our mind and ourselves, our being, we don't separate the two. But the thing is, we are not our mind. We are not our mind. Our mind is literally an extension of us, but it's not us. You literally have to think about your mind as a separate entity than yourself, because then you get to watch the thinker. You get to observe your thoughts without actually being influenced by them. It's kind of like, you know, this little voice in my head, I don't have to always listen to what it says to do. When it tells me that I need to be unhappy, I don't have to be unhappy. When it tells me that 
I need to be sad. I don't have to be sad. When you look at it that way, you really start to kind of take control of yourself. I mean, and I think obviously a lot of what I am saying is easier said than done. Like it's easy to do it, but it's also easy not to do it. It's one of those type of things. But my mind, and I think most of us, our mind chatters all day long. Like my brain never stops talking to me. I don't know why she won't shut up, but I've noticed that. Like, you know what I'm saying? And I think that is a component of watching the thinker because I've noticed that. I'm conscious of it, that my brain just constantly or my mind just constantly chatters. And I think that's a part of this process of watching the thinker. You know, when you get really, really good at watching the thinker, And when negative thoughts come up, you don't allow them to disturb your mood or alter your decisions, which could ultimately not not can, but will for sure ultimately lead to karmic action. And karmic action is pretty much what it sounds like. You know, your brain or your mind. I don't know why I keep saying brain, but your mind tells you one thing. For example, the traffic is moving so slow right now, and it's really pissing me off. So I blow my horn, okay? And the person that I blow my horn at, they blow their horn back. All right. Now we out in the streets, we banging, we're fighting. Because I listened to a thought, which made me take action. And now there are consequences. There's karma behind that action. I'm a firm believer in... What you put out into the world is what you will receive back. This is no different than that concept. So now I want to get into some habits that will help us cultivate self-awareness. I think one of the most efficient ways to do exactly what we just talked about, watch the thinker, is through meditation. Now, just thinking back to when I first started meditating five, six years ago, I thought I wasn't doing it right. You know what I'm saying? Because a lot of spiritual leaders at the time would say, you know, meditation is quieting the mind. And I believe that. I do believe that. But I think a part of meditation is listening to the thoughts that are inside your head. For a long time, I was scared to meditate because I didn't really want to become conscious of what it was that I was thinking about. Because during that time, a lot of my thoughts were very negative. They were very, very negative. And I just didn't want to come to reality with the fact that I was unhappy and I didn't like my life. When we sit down and meditate, it allows us to really listen to the chatter, the constant chatter that goes on all day long. And just thinking back, like, I used to didn't even really, like, actually be alone often. You know what I'm saying? Like, even if no one else was there, like, in my house but me, there was always some background noise. There was a TV. There was music. Or I'm on the phone with my mom or with a friend because I was afraid to hear those thoughts. I would always keep myself busy. I would always talk on the phone, listen to music, whatever the case may be. There was always background noise. So I didn't have to pay attention to the chatter. And to be honest, 
I still kind of catch myself falling into that trap to this day. You know, I often talk about like, okay, although I've grown and although consciously I know I don't want to do these particular habits, my body is still used to doing those things. And we know what changes we want to make. Our body may not always fall in line, but that's why it's important to be conscious because I noticed it. You know, I start to notice it. Like today, I was getting ready to clean. I was like, oh, let me call my friend. It's like, no, today, it's okay to call friends, you know, sometimes. But today, I needed to sit in my thoughts. I, need to, I needed to hear my thoughts. So that's what I did. Going back to meditation, when we sit down, no background noise, no distractions, we have no choice but to hear our thoughts. And that was really, really scary for me in the beginning. But it's important that we sit down and we hear our thoughts, we hear what our mind is saying, whether it's negative or positive. Because one, we have to remember, we're not our mind. We are a separate entity. So we don't have to always listen to it. We don't have to ever listen to it. But it's important that you hear that chatter, that noise, because you then become aware. You then become conscious. And once we become aware and once we become conscious, that's when the real real work begins. So once we get past that space of, you know, hearing our chatter, not putting any meaning to it, not putting any meaning to the chatter that is going on in our mind, that's really important. But once we get past to hearing it, understanding it, we then go to a moment of bliss where we actually can quiet the mind because we actually took time to hear the thoughts, hear the chatter. So now we're past that and now we can quiet our mind. And that's when the real peace, the real bliss, the real eternal joy begins. It is an amazing experience. But in order to get there, you have to you have to hear the chatter. You got to hear it. Also, what really helps me whenever I'm meditating is to focus on my breath. I find something to focus on. And, you know, it can be anything in your room. <laughs> like, literally, it can be any, anything. I listen to or I watched a J. Cole interview, and he said he focuses on the fan. You know what I'm saying? So it can be anything. But for me, I focus on my breath. And when you find something to focus on, that allows you to be in the moment. Hence, the process, the action of meditation. Although I've fallen off, of meditating, not as consistently as I used to, because I used to do that shit daily. It's life-changing. You, it's like nothing can really shake you because you are, you have this inner peace about you. So it's nothing, it's very little that can really annoy you or frustrate you or allow you to act in a way that is going to bring karmic action because you're at peace. When it comes to meditating, just know, like I said before, you're going to hear those inner thoughts and it's going to take a couple of times. You're going to want to get up. You, you're going to want to be like, man, fuck this. Like, I'm not doing this. Like, you know what I'm saying? But you got this. Sit down. Sit down. Work through it. You're going to feel uncomfortable because it's forcing you to notice things about yourself that you did not notice when you were not self-aware. Work through it. There's so much beauty on the other side. And it's going to take practice. 
I always say this. Your mind is a muscle. It is going to take practice. It is going to take consistency. It's going to take time. But you got this. We got this. Okay, the next thing is journaling. Journaling. I'm noticing I have sounded out every <laughs> everything or every habit after I say the actual word. That's funny. But yeah, journaling, y'all. I have been journaling for five, six years now. Again, it's one of those things that I first got into when I started my healing journey. And it has been amazing for me. It has done numbers for my well-being. It really allowed me to see my thoughts on paper. Or not even that. It's like low-key journaling is like therapy. I'm getting these emotions and how I feel out you know what I'm saying I think so often we keep all of it in we don't give ourselves an opportunity to let it out not only through journaling but also voice notes because sometimes like our mind be going 100 miles per hour and my pen just really can't keep up so I've often done voice notes I sometimes get asked, like, do I follow journal prompts? And I don't. Literally, I have before and I sometimes do. But typically, it's just a huge brain dump. And I used to be the girl who faithfully journaled every single day. But I have to say, 2022, I can really count the times that I've journaled. And sometimes you don't realize how impactful something is on your well-being until you have gone without it like that's just facts like I feel like this year I think I'm gonna do a whole episode on this just talk about you know 2022 reflection but this year I think I got really comfortable where I am in life career my healing journey you know mentally it was almost one of those things where you know quote unquote I'm done healing I've gotten really comfortable and the lack of me doing certain habits like you know journaling has showed me how far I actually have to go in this journey I love journaling um like I said it's usually brain dumps but just to give you a few I guess prompts you could you know simply ask yourself how am I actually feeling I think that's important because People ask us how we doing all day long. Hi, how are you? You know, casually. And we'd be like, good. But are you really good? How do you actually feel? And the good thing about this, can't nobody see this but you. This is between you and you. So you can be as real, as raw as you need to be. Like, I highly recommend it. There's no other way to do it. If you're going to, like, lie to yourself, if you're not going to be authentic, with yourself, then who can you be authentic with if you can't be true to you? You know what I'm saying? And, and be authentic with yourself. Once you clarify how you actually feel, why am I feeling this way? What has got me feeling sad, feeling like a failure? Or what has me feeling happy? Why am I happy right now? Is it from something inside of me or... Is it an external source? 
know what I'm saying? Ask yourself simple questions like that. I think when we think about journaling, sometimes not even journaling like a lot of shit. We just overthink it and we think it has to be this intricate process. And it's really easy. It's really simple. You can even, you know, this is actually another point of mine, but write down what you're grateful for. Practice gratitude. Y'all know one of my favorite sayings is what you focus on expands. So if you are focusing on gratitude and the good in your life, you're going to attract more of those things. Gratitude is a mindset. Lack is a mindset. Which one do you want? You know what I'm saying? If you want more gratitude, if you want more abundance, practice gratitude. And it don't even have to be like, it could be simple things. Like, I'm grateful for this glass of lime water sitting next to me. It's nourishing my body. It's keeping me hydrated. It's giving me everything that I need. I'm grateful for my bed. It's so comfortable. I had a great night of sleep because of my bed. Because some people don't have a bed. Some people don't have a glass of water they can drink. I'm grateful for that. And once you can show gratitude towards the simple, mundane things in life, you're going to continue to attract more good and more abundance into your life. So practice gratitude. Okay, our next habit that has helped me cultivate self-awareness is movement. And this could look different for everybody. It could be dancing. It could be running. It could be weightlifting at the gym. It could be yoga. For me, I've noticed a lot of, you know, inner peace. And I come to a lot of revelations when I'm running or doing yoga. Those are the main two. I often refer to yoga and running and even weightlifting as forms of meditation. Because those things really put me in the moment. It really allows me to focus on the present moment. And when you focus on the present moment, guess what? You can pay attention to your thoughts. Hence, you're becoming more self-aware. And overall, movement is just such an intricate part of my overall well-being Like, to me, wellness is the mind, body, soul practice. And movement is such a huge part of the mind and the body and the soul. Really, every single part of it. But I can definitely, it's one of those things, like I mentioned with journaling, I can definitely notice the difference when I haven't worked out. Here recently, I hadn't worked out in like two weeks And that happens sometimes. Sometimes, like often, I don't, whenever my period comes, I don't work out. Like I won't weight lift. I just get into the habit of being lazy and that's okay. That is okay, but usually I don't go two weeks. But like I said, here recently, I didn't work out for like two weeks. And I was sad. Like I noticed the difference in my energy and my body and my mind and my soul. And that is why I make it a priority to move my body. I think people think that I just want to be fine. And I do. I do. But it is such an important aspect in my overall well-being. I'm telling y'all, move your body. No matter what it is, whether it be Pilates, a little bit of yoga, stretching. Stretching will do it, I'm telling you. 
I lit up some sage last weekend and I put out my mat and all I did was a little simple stretch. Y'all know I love my stretching, but stretching, that's a form of movement. It will do it. And I say that because I'm trying to keep everybody in mind here. If you can do something as simple as stretching, it will do so much for your mind, your body, and your soul. Okay, the last thing I want to talk about, which... I could go on and on and on about this because literally self-awareness is everywhere. It can be cultivated everywhere, but I know y'all got shit to do and I'm not going to keep y'all here all day. So the last thing I want to talk about is reading. Reading. Reading is that girl. She's my boo. She's my babe. And I love her forever and ever and ever. What I like about reading is that, you know, earlier we talked about distractions and Putting your attention on something else, like reading, will help you get rid of those distractions. Because I think in the day and time that we live in, we it's, it's really easy to spend a lot of time on your phone, unconsciously, mindlessly scrolling. It's really easy. It's really accessible for most of us. So we do it. It doesn't take much energy, much thought. So we do it. But what I like about reading is... It allows you to step away from your screen. It allows you to put your attention into something else that's actually going to help you. So like I was saying earlier, when I first got into reading, I was self-help, self-help, self-help. And that's where I was in my journey, and that's okay. Reading those self-help books allowed me to learn so much about myself, Allow me to, you know, look at past wounds, past hurt, past trauma that I didn't even know was trauma. It allowed me to heal those wounds. It allowed me to really think about who I want to be and start to sculpt and create and cultivate this new version of myself and manifest this new life that I so, so longed for. So there is no issue with reading self-help at all like I highly recommend it but I do recommend some variety like you know what I mean as I said I got a little burnt out because that's all I was reading there was no variety in my book selection this year I have really stepped out into the fiction world and I love it I love it here and just real quick I want to say support your local library, okay? Support your local library. And sometimes I find that if there's a book that I really want to read and my library doesn't have it, I utilize thriftbooks.com. And y'all, when I tell y'all the books are dirt cheap there, they are so cheap. So definitely, of course, utilize your local library. But if you find that you can't find a book that you are just you know, so desperate to read, use thriftbooks.com. I've also been reading biographies and poetry, like nothing's off limits. I think that we all, not all, but most of us or some of us believe in the concept that we can only heal by reading nonfiction books or self-help books. And that's just not true. I'm not sure if it was a podcast episode or a vlog that I talked about this on, but I recently read If Bill Street Could Talk. And that book, 
the whole life story. Ugh. First of all, let's give it up for James Baldwin. Such a eloquent writer, creative, like, oh my gosh. Literally, I got Travis reading. I don't, I'm not going to say I got him reading, but yeah, I do because I read it first and I just bragged on that book. But he is reading If Bill Street Could Talk as we speak. Um, but yeah, back to what I was saying, I think we all kind of believe that, you know, we can only heal through self-help books, but that's just not true. Um, I just read If Bill Street Could Talk and the entire story is so beautiful. And I have to admit that it is, it aligns with an experience that I've been through that Travis and I both have been through in the past. And I think that's why it touched me so much. Now, obviously, our story isn't identical, but, you know, a lot of similarities there. But I want to briefly talk about one part of the book that healed me. Like, I literally started fucking crying, y'all. So the main character, one of the main characters, you got Tish, you got Funny. Tish... She's pregnant. I don't know how many of you know, I had a child at a really long, young age, 19 years old. Just want to throw that out there so y'all can kind of understand like how and why it healed me. Um, so Tish goes to tell her mother that, I wish I had the book here, but like I said, Travis is reading it now. Um, she goes to her mother that she is pregnant. And so naturally she's crying when, she's tell, when she tells her mother. And her mother responds, I'm paraphrasing here, but she responds, what are you crying for? You have no reason to cry. And I hope you're not thinking that you a bad girl now that you done went and got pregnant. That doesn't make you a bad girl. And those words healed a part of me. Me just repeating them like put chills through my body because I was never able to put into words how I felt. Like after all this time, and I felt like a bad girl. I felt like a bad girl. And the response that I got from my mother was the complete opposite. So hearing Tish's mother say that to her, it healed a part of me that has been needing to be healed for 10 years now. 10 years of hurt, pain, shame, guilt healed. So that's just one prime example. It don't got to be a self-help book. Get into that fiction, y'all. Pick the book up, and if it looks interesting to you, read it. Now I'm in a point where I do try to kind of juggle like a self-help book, and then maybe a fiction book next, then maybe a biography. Okay, and then we're going back to self-help. I do try to, I do try to keep you know a good rotation going. So keep it fun, keep it interesting, keep it light even. Like, it don't even got to be no deep shit. You know what I'm saying? Just read. Okay, and that said, I'm going to end the podcast right here. I want you guys to let me know what self-awareness means to you and what are some things that you do to cultivate self-awareness. Also, let me know what you kind of want to hear me talk about. I, you know, have a few ideas that I want to talk about here in the future, but it's always interesting and eye-opening, I guess, to kind of hear what you guys want to hear me talk about. Yeah, I'm sending you so much love, sending you peace of mind, 
and just sending you everything that you need right now in this moment. I love you and I will talk to you in the next episode.